0: well good morning good morning church family it is so great to be together this morning and um it's just a really special day and if this is your first sunday with us you chose a fantastic day to come and um, we are so glad that you are here and i wanted to do a shout out to those of you that are watching online And to those of you that are on the patio we are just all so glad to be together and if this is your first time i would love to invite you to one of our connection counters we have two inside the lobby one outside on the patio and we just would love to meet you face to face answer any questions that you have and it is just our heartbeat that you would know that you are so loved by jesus and that you belong and um There is just no better way to know that you belong than to come to a church picnic. What do you think? So on July 2nd, we are going to have our 4th of July picnic on the 2nd, on Sunday. So Sunday right after church, Uh, after the 11 a.m we are going to be gathering we are going to have a chicken barbecue we're going to have a cake decorating contest some games but we are just going to get together as a family so i just invite you to order tickets online you can see somebody at connections and we can help you do that but it is going to be such a great time of our family gathering and um today is really special and um you may wonder why i'm wearing a dress i don't know if i've ever worn a dress But the deal is, we're going to honor and love on our Pastor Vince. And um, he is just so special to us. So I decided a dress would be good. But today, as we get ready to worship, could you just stand up, introduce yourself to somebody, say your name, and in honor of Vince, if you have a story about him, could you share that? Or could you share your favorite Marvel superhero?
1: exalt your name in this place with one voice in unity we cry holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is to come you take our broken and make us whole for those of you who maybe didn't know this story i was just thinking about it today we were talking about the stained glass that used to be in this church let the light in over here and over here we had just these beautiful stained glass windows and when i was really little we had that earthquake in the early 2000s in california and just shattered those things but we had some people that got together and they put this 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 stained glass pieces together and they made a cross and so the story of our brokenness it's just it's, it's symbolic of the fact that god takes our broken selves and puts them back by the work of the cross right and we can't talk about the work of what happens in this cross without talking about the work of what happens at that cross when christ went and took the sins of all of us on his shoulders and he said i love you you are worth dying for that is where the atoning work of sanctification begins It begins and it ends at the cross. And so God, we just thank you. Jesus, you paid it all, all to you we owe. Our sin left a crimson stain, but you washed it white as snow. So we exalt you in this place. We exalt you in our lives when we look at our own stories, our own lives, our own baptisms, the testimony of what you've brought us through and who you've created us to be. We are members of the new creation, God, and so we lean into that reality this morning. As we continue in our worship, Lord, we pray that we would make room for you to do whatever you want to in this place, in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. It's just for a couple courses, or if you just want to stand with arms raised, whatever posture that is, you just want to make room for Heavenly Father just to speak to our hearts, to speak over His beloved words of care and affirmation, words of encouragement, words of wisdom to walk through the trials ahead whatever we're walking through, he knows it. And if you have a loved one near you who you know is walking through a really hard time, why don't you just hold their hand or lay hands on them to pray? We just want to make room for the Holy Spirit to do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do right now. to in our midst, God. We cannot wait to see it. We've already beheld it, God, and we are loving what you're doing right now. So God, just give us eyes to hear and ears, eyes to see and ears to hear how you're moving in our midst, God. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said amen. You may be seated.
2: Well, as you're taking your seat we want to continue in our time of worship and so this morning i want to invite the ushers to come forward to receive our offerings and i just want to say we're always so thankful for your generosity for your willingness to give back what god has blessed you with and so i just always want to make sure that as a church that we are thanking you for committing not just to be here today but to also give back to trust him and to move where he's moving and so The other thing I want to say is this morning as the baskets are going around, you've probably heard us for the last couple weeks, we have talked about the celebration of Pastor Vince Lamas, and today, (laughs) today is that day, and so what I would like to do is invite Pastor Vince and his wife Mary up to join me up here. So this is an incredible time to celebrate Vince, and uh, I know that many of you, many of you have stories in here. I know that for me, Vince and I have worked together now for 15 years. Uh, He has seen me grow up, and uh, he has, you may be seated, sorry, you stood up on your own, I'm sorry. (laughs) And so um, we've seen a lot, we've done a lot together, we have seen a lot of change, we've done a lot of ministry, but Vince and Mary have been a blessing to so many of us. You just think about how many of you could say that you've been visited by Vince and Mary, that you have sung, you have worshipped Vince and Mary, you have seen the humor. He's a Dodger fan, whatever. Like, He's just an incredible man, and these two make an incredible blessing and impact in our church, and it shows all the time. So what we want to do is bless you both, and there's been some efforts made to make sure that you guys know that you're loved that we appreciate you that you've made such an impact in all of our lives and so the first thing we would like to do is show you a video that was put together um, just telling you how much we love you so if you want to watch this video with us
3: congratulations on your retirement Vinnie when I see you Vinnie you are just such a humble kind compassionate gentle caring happy loving and thoughtful man i just love you my friend and when i look at you vinnie i see jesus it's all over your face so i need to tell you why i call you vinnie because for the longest time after i first met you i thought actually thought your name was vinnie so you're always a vinnie to me vince so god bless you and the best of everything and i know the best of everything will come to you Hi, my name is Sean Berard. I was the children's director at New Life back in 1995 to 2000. Vince, I'm proud to be a part of your retirement celebration.
1: Thank you so much for 25 years of friendship. You have been a blessing to me
3: and to my family for uh, all of these years. You are an absolute gift. God gave us a gift when he gave us you. You were so supportive when I was in ministry. Uh, You covered us all in prayer. Uh, you showed a great example what it is to be a godly man and a godly leader. We love you, Vince, and we hope you have a fantastic, active retirement. I'm sure you're going to do a lot more for the kingdom in the coming days, and I hope to see you soon. Well, Pastor Vince, um, love you so much, brother. We're so thankful for all the things that you've, uh, you've done uh, for me and uh, my family and the church. Uh, we're blessed. Uh, just want to say that... Uh, I remember that uh, the time I met you back in 1997, I believe, so that was quite a long time ago, that uh, you made an impression on me and my family. Uh, Thank you again for all the work that you've done here, your your kindness, uh, the the devotion to to God, and uh, the love that that I see in you. And so uh, I just want to tell you that... uh, uh, We love you, the church loves you, Uh,
1: you're a a man of God. Pastor Vince, congratulations on your retirement. From sixth grade graduations to hospital visitations for my family, I want you to know that you mean the world to me. Um, You've been there for every major stepping stone in my journey to becoming a pastor, and you've mentored me well, you've loved me well, and you've poured into my family and you are a true friend and a true brother in Christ. Thank you for all of our theological conversations and for simply loving our people well. You are truly a shepherd for Christ's kingdom who cares about the flock. And so Pastor Vince, well done. You are a great and faithful servant.
4: Hello everyone, my name is Tanya Resendez. And for the past two years, I've had the opportunity to serve alongside Pastor Vince in visitations. It has absolutely been amazing getting to see him every Thursday. Pastor Vince, I love our car rides, our discussions, our jokes that we have. Sometimes I like to call them road trips, even though we don't go that far. Um, It has just been such an honor to get to do ministry with you. And we've been in some hard situations over the past few years, but watching you give comfort and love and consistency and just your faithfulness to follow up with people. It's been amazing. Thank you for teaching me your style of doing ministry. I absolutely love you. Thank you for being a grounding force in my life. Um, I love you so much. And I'm just, I feel so blessed to have been able to serve alongside you, um, to get to do our services at. AG Care Center it's one of my favorite things to do on Sunday mornings with you and just getting to do that process of and just thank you for your encouragement you're like Tanya no you lead this one my cherished memories are going to be going to Hillside Manor and doing communion with the ladies and singing alongside them so thank you so much Pastor Vince I love you I know we're going to still keep seeing each other thank you for being one of my best friends I love you and thank you for being my mentor.
2: So we have a few more things, including lights, I think, and so uh, so we have a couple more things we want to bless you with, and, and uh, I will say this for those of you who don't know, or maybe you're joining us today, Pastor Vince um, has done premarital counseling, visitation, as you've heard. He's just done a lot of things, but he's also been a mentor and a teacher of a lot of things in ministry, just walking around and loving people where they're at, being patient with all types of personalities, and still being able to bless them and love them, and just really makes someone feel special has been something that he has taught all of us, especially in the uh, counseling and care ministry. And so what we have done is we are, we have created this canvas that we're going to hang in the care and counseling ministry. And it, uh, as you see, he loves Stan Lee. And so it basically says that you're a real superhero for those, I mean, it doesn't say that. It says, you guys can read it. So, but honestly, Vince, you are a real superhero to many of us. And we, uh, I just pray, gosh, emotions, dang. I just pray that we all love as well as you love. Because when we all talk about you, we see Jesus. I mean, we just do. And I love you so much. And this is just such an awesome and hard thing all at the same time. Okay, there's one more thing. Uh, I'm going to invite the board up. They also would like to bless you and uh, overwhelm you. (laughs) If the board would like to come up, Pastor David could come up.
5: Uh. well pastor Vincent, and mary we are so thankful for you guys' uh continued service and i say that specifically continued service because i know that uh, ministry doesn't stop here with retirement but just continues on uh in different capacities and i'm reminded so often through your ministry pastor vince that uh that you are people's preacher when you preach on sunday but you become their pastor when you hold their hand in the hospital, when you visit them, when you care for them, when you love on them. That's when you become their pastor. And can we just thank Pastor Vince for being an incredible pastor. So... Um, there's a variety of ways that we obviously want to love on you, but one of the ways that the board want to love on you is that uh, they have this card, and they've each written some stuff, but at the same time, we, we heard that, um, that you might like a nice meal out, and so not only for you guys, but with your boys. And so Ember seemed like the great place to go, right? I mean, like, it just seemed like a great celebration place to go. And so uh, there's a gift card for Ember and um, just some just uh, words of affirmation just on for you guys and your ministry. And then we want to pray for you. And so would you reach out your hands? Here's this. And reach out your hands to Pastor Vince and Mary, and let's lift them up. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for Pastor Vince. God, we thank you so much for his ministry. We thank you, God, for the way that he has just showed up for people. Um, Every time that you have called him, every time that he got the call in the middle of the night, every time that he was there early in the morning for the pre-op prayer, every time he was there multiple days in a row and the phone calls that come day after day after day when people find themselves not just when everybody else's calls have stopped. Pastor Vince still showed up. And so, God, we thank you for that. We thank you for his ministry. We thank you, God, for the way that you have shaped him. We thank you for the giftedness that you have placed within him. And, God, through those gifts that we are able to glorify you because we see you in him. God, we thank you for Mary. (laughs) When, When your husband's phone is ringing nonstop and it's always about somebody else's need, you have to have a servant's heart also. And so, God, we thank you for her servant's heart. And her willingness to let Pastor Vince do what he was called to do. And so, God, we pray for this new season. We pray, God, for the new ministry opportunities that will come his way. We pray, God, for the ways that you are going to continue to use him for your glory. And we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen and amen.
2: So, this morning, we have an opportunity to, this uh, morning, we have an opportunity to, we're privileged to have one of our general superintendents uh, bring the word this morning. And so, if you don't know, we are a Nazarene denomination. So, if you're just joining us, welcome to the Nazarene Church, and we are a uh, Part of the denomination, we have six general superintendents, and this morning, we have the opportunity to listen to Dr. Carla Sandberg, and so I'm gonna invite her uh, up to bring the word, but I'm also gonna ask you to prepare your hearts and just open your minds to all that God has for you this morning.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you. It is a privilege for me to be here, and I'm just going to stop right here in front of Pastor Vince and Mary. I don't know you, but I feel like I know you now this morning from all the wonderful things that have been said about you, and obviously a great servant's heart. And tonight, we're going to get to celebrate you together with others who are retiring. But just on behalf of the Board of General Superintendents, I just want to give you this greeting today. The Board of General Superintendents and the Global Nazarene Family, we celebrate your ministry to Christ and to the church. You have served faithfully, effectively, and you have fulfilled God's call upon your life with grace and with courage. Your church is grateful for your many sacrifices, and we trust that God's incomparable rewards will more than compensate for your selfless service. May Jesus Christ, the head of the church, continue to bless you and multiply your ministry in your retirement. Tonight, you're going to give a plaque that has that written on it. But this morning, I just want to express to the two of you my heartfelt gratitude from the Global Church of the Nazarene for the work that you have done. Well done. Thank you. Well, it is my privilege to be here with all of you today, and um, I have looked forward to being here. My husband and I, my husband pastored a church in Fort Wayne, Indiana many years ago, and it was one of the larger Nazarene churches, and so we used to go on this trip with Pastor Ron and Kathy, and it was a great time of getting to know them many years ago, and so we've heard so much about this church over the years. So it's just a real privilege for us to be here. Tonight, we're going to have a gathering here. It's called the District Assembly, and you are a church that's a part of what we call the Los Angeles District for the Church of the Nazarene. That is a part of a whole area that we call the Point Loma region, and we call you that because you have a university down in San Diego called Point Loma Nazarene University. And then you're part of a region that we call the USA-Canada region of the Church of the Nazarene. And then that region is one of six regions from around the world. Just two weeks ago, we were in Indianapolis, Indiana, where we had what we call our General Assembly. So tonight will be a District Assembly. The General Assembly was where we gather from the whole world to get together. We had not been able to get together because of the pandemic. Normally, we meet every four years. It had now been six years since we had been together. Two weeks ago today, there were 15,000 of us that call ourselves Nazarenes gathering in the Indiana Convention Center, worshiping and praising God from all over the world with many, many different languages. So while we're here today at this church, it is exciting to be here. You are also part of this bigger global family. Now my job, I'm called what's called a general superintendent. And you know, a number of years ago I had somebody ask me now, has this always been your career trajectory? (laughs) No. You know, it's fascinating being on a life journey with the Lord. Um, I'm a registered nurse, and I'm still a registered nurse today. That's how I started out. That's what God called me to. And um, I'm glad God did. I also always felt called to be in ministry, and I thought, well, that would work really well if I married a preacher. <laughs> because you see, during the years that I grew up, I never heard a woman preach. And I really didn't know that we had women preachers in our church. And so the Lord led me to this incredible man. He's down here on the front row. This is my husband, Chuck. And he is a wonderful pastor and preacher. And we've been together in ministry now for almost 40 years. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. Along the way, we pastored churches in St. Louis and in Texas and in Indiana We were also missionaries for 13 years in the former Soviet Union. That was an interesting experience. And I have to tell you, it brings the news to life. Our daughters and my husband and I, we watched the news every hour yesterday. That may not have made any difference to you, but we could physically see everything that was happening yesterday. And we could imagine people we know in places where things were happening yesterday. So, um, my career trajectory, no, didn't lead me to this place, and so it's a surprise to me, but in the Church of the Nazarene, we have six people that do what I do, called general superintendents, and uh, we are elected by that general assembly, and yes, I am the only woman that does what I do, so I, uh, I get to serve with five wonderful men. <laughs> And uh, I think at this last General Assembly, um, there's this moment where we chair the assembly, and I had to tell someone to sit down, and um, they they said, well, she's just kind of like a mother. She smiles and nicely says, you're done. You can sit down. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm just kind of the mother of the church. But this morning, I just wanted to take you with me, maybe just out of curiosity, to see what in the world does this woman as a general superintendent do with this global church? Because my whole life, I feel like I don't know how I got here except to be on mission with Jesus. And it's just a journey of obedience day after day, saying yes to Jesus, I'm going to follow you wherever you want to take me. And then we're just kind of surprised where the Lord takes us. Our scripture for this morning on the next slide, it's the one that you know so well, the Great Commission, right? Now, the mission statement of the Church of the Nazarene is to make Christ-like disciples in the nations... But we get it from this. Then Jesus came to them, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, now let me just stop a minute. Whenever there's a therefore in seminary, they taught us, you got to figure out what it's there for. And usually it's therefore because of whatever was set, be, said before that. Because Jesus, did you get this? Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. We serve a Savior, Jesus Christ, who has all power and authority over what's happening in heaven on earth. We don't need to be a people that live in fear. Therefore, we go and we make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded them. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. To be on mission with Jesus means that we are engaged wherever God might send us to make disciples. Now, on the next slide, you'll see a picture of the group of wonderful gentlemen and their spouses that I get to work with. That's the whole board, current board of general superintendents, and I am privileged to work with them. When I first began this job, my responsibility included Texas. And on the next slide, you'll see a picture And this is right soon after I began my work. And to be on mission with Jesus even means getting involved in disaster response. This was after a hurricane had hit the southern part of Texas, and it was a mess. You may not know this, but a number of our churches in the Midwest, because of all the tornadoes and all the things that we have, have Nazarene disaster response trailers. And teams that know they're even FEMA certified and they can get hit the road and they can go and they can begin response and cleanup. Now, it's different from if you've done a work and witness team. That's kind of like building up. This is like cleaning and mucking out in the midst of a disaster. And it was just amazing to be there and to see the church to be on mission. The next slide is from the Orange Church of the Nazarene. They had just finished a remodel of their church building when they had floodwaters up to six feet deep because of the hurricane come through the church, and they had to tear everything out. I got there on this Sunday morning, and here it was. They had cleaned everything out. It was on the church parking lot, and I thought, oh, my goodness, what's it like to be on mission with Jesus for a church that has just lost everything? And yet, the next slide, I came around the corner, and they were worshiping outside under a tree. And they had all come together that day, even though they had lost so much. Because when we're on mission with Jesus, it's still all about Jesus. My area in my first two years also included the entire continent of Africa, which, let me just tell you, was mind-boggling and wonderful at the same time. The next slide is from Africa. And uh, we have a regional director over Africa. This is Dr. Danny Gomes and his wife, Anna Lee. He became our new regional director and he has this amazing story, he's from West Africa. He was born in the country of Senegal. His mother was Muslim and his father was Roman Catholic. They had six children and eventually their parents decided to divorce. Now the only way they could make it work financially was that half the kids went with mom and half the kids went with dad. So he was raised by his Roman Catholic father. However, as a young black man in Africa, he struggled with trying to see and understand who he was and where he fit in with what he was being taught in the church. Eventually, he turned away from Christianity, and he began to follow Bob Marley and became a Rastafarian, and he did that for quite a season of time but not finding any hope in being a Rastafarian. Eventually, one day, while he was in university, he went to meet with his grandfather on his mother's side, the Muslim grandfather. He said, Grandpa, he said, I want to convert to Islam. I want you to take me to the mosque, and this is going to be my life. His grandfather said, I will do it, however, First, go back to university, take out the Quran, and read everything the Quran says about Jesus Christ. And if you still want to convert, then I will take you to the mosque. I don't know if you really understand that Jesus has all authority in heaven on earth, because Danny Gomez sat in a university in West Africa and read the Quran. And the power of the Holy Spirit worked through the Quran and he found Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior by reading the Quran. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. Then he began, yeah, praise the Lord. This incredible man of God, I mean, when you walk and talk with him, you feel like you're walking and talking with Jesus. He loves Jesus so much. He is the leader of our work in Africa. Today, we have over 700,000 members in Africa. That's more than we do in the United States. And he's leading that work with a passion of sharing Jesus with millions more. It is absolutely Amazing. The next picture is just another one of our leaders, Solomon Nulovo, and his wife from South Africa. He's leading all of our work in Southern Africa. The next picture is from um, Eswatini. used to be called Swaziland. And in that country, we have a university. It's called Southern Africa Nazarene University. It's a university with between 2,000 and 3,000 students, and I was there for graduation, an incredible event. The next picture you'll see there is with the president of the university and then one of our American university presidents. I'm standing there. And the man next to me is um, <clears throat> Mashangu Malaleka. Mashangu Malaleka at that time was the leader of the work in Southern Africa. He'd been assigned to take care of me on that first trip. As a matter of fact, he would drive me around to the different places that we went. We, drove, we flew to Eswatini. We drove around there. But all along the way, Mashangu was teaching me lessons, teaching me about Africa, teaching me about what it meant to learn about what God had been doing there. Well, he wanted to take me to a place, the next slide, to a place called Pig's Peak. Now, Pig's Peak is in Eswatini, and, um, and it's very well known in some Nazarene folklore because it's the place where over a hundred years ago there was a young man named Harman Schmelzenbaugh. He left America, got on a boat, went to Africa because he believed God called him to Africa to preach to people about Jesus Christ. He landed in South Africa, and then he got an ox cart, and he began traveling inland until God told him to stop. He stopped at Pig's Peak. He felt like that's where God told him to go. So we did. The next slide is actually the entire Nazarene compound that was built there eventually at a place called Enzengeti, just above Pig's Peak. And this is where Harmon Schmelzenbach came. The next slide that you see there is actually Harman Schmelzenbach's tombstone. He died in Africa. He gave his life for Africa. The next slide that you see there, I'm standing with Mashangu in front of a little chapel at Enzenghedi. This was the original first chapel that was there where they said that Harman Schmelzenbach would come and pray for hours and hours, that God would give him the strength to be on mission with Jesus. You see, he was there for seven years and nobody gave their life to Jesus Christ. Seven years in Africa. And you know, right next to Harmon Schmelzenbah's tombstone, there are two more for little baby Schmelzenbaz. They gave their children for Africa, too. He used to go about to the villages and he wanted to preach in the villages, and everybody would just scatter. The witch doctors had told them, don't listen. Don't listen about this message about Jesus. But finally, you know, he thought, these are just thatched walls, and even if they all run away, they can still hear me preach. And so for years and years, he would go from village to village, and he would stand in the middle of the village, and he would preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, even with nobody there, because he knew that they could hear him. After seven years, it was one of the witch doctors who came to him, and said, I need to hear about this Jesus, and I need to be set free. And once that witch doctor was set free, it was amazing what God did. I told you over 700,000 Nazarene members in Africa, they don't count all the children, so there's probably at least a million, because Harman Schmelzenbach came and gave his life for Africa. What is God asking us to do to be on mission with Jesus? We came down from Enzengeti and we came down to the capital city in Eswatini, and I had the privilege of having an ordination service like we will have here tonight. That's the next picture. It's the picture of all the people that I ordained in uh, Swaziland or Eswatini. It was a privilege to be my very first service like that. From there, we traveled north. We went to Nairobi, Kenya, the next picture. I'm standing with the president of African Nazarene University at the time, and uh, African Nazarene University in Nairobi is a university between four and 5,000 students. It's absolutely amazing the impact that it's having across the entire continent of Africa. The next picture you'll see there is actually the Harman Schmelzenbach building at African Nazarene University. Now, I don't know, has anybody here ever been on a work and witness team to African Nazarene University? Or you've been on work and witness, yes. Well, so work and witness are groups of people that go to different parts of the world and they do construction work usually and uh, and tell people about Jesus. Well, that's how we've been able to build this whole university. And so this plaza that's out there with all these um, black panels on it have the names of every person that's come to help build that university and to work on that project there. It is an astounding place. The next picture is from graduation. Graduation was so large, we had to have it out on the soccer field under tents, and it took five hours. <laughs> it's quite an experience, but it was a great day. The next picture, I believe, is uh, Dr. Philomel Chambo. He serves with me as a general superintendent. He's originally from Mozambique, an incredible man of God. He had served the university, and they had given him a special award. The next picture you'll see is from Soweto, down in South Africa. We were traveling to the Soweto township. Now, remember, my friend Mashangu is with me. And while I'm traveling with Mashangu, he's telling me stories about what things were like under apartheid in South Africa. You know, it's not that long ago that apartheid came to an end in South Africa. At one point while we're driving, he says, you know, 20 years ago, I would have been arrested for being in a car with a white woman. That was pretty stunning. And let me just tell you, sometimes even we as Christians or the church don't always get things right. In South Africa, we still bear the scars of the fact that we, under apartheid, had European churches... That meant white churches. We had black churches, we had colored churches, we had Indian churches, because that's what the government required. But at what point do we as a church push back against those things? Because we bear those scars while now we are all integrated, yes, but there are wounds from our past. And Mashangu's trying to teach me about all that. Mashangu was one of those who fought against the system, Sometimes the system thought that he was harsh. He wasn't harsh. He was a man fighting for justice in an unjust time and season. And we pray that we learn from people like Mishangu. Well, Soweto happens to be the home of Nelson Mandela. I went to the Apartheid Museum. The next picture, though, is I went to a Nazarene church. We have 20 Nazarene churches in the Soweto township. It's time for us sometimes to listen and learn. When we're on mission with Jesus, we have to learn from our brothers and sisters and say, how can we make things better? The next picture is from Cape Town. And uh, my husband, Chuck, had been able to join me, and Mashangu's wife had joined us, and her name is Remember. And we had a great day with them at a district assembly. The next picture, we traveled up to the country of Zimbabwe, And uh, the woman with the kind of hot pink folder there, she was the district superintendent. And those were all the lady preachers. And just have to tell you, sometimes they get excited to see another lady preacher, so they wanted to get all their pictures together. The next picture is from Goma in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So I made my way there and I was going to have an ordination service, and this is the beginning of the ordination service, and kind of fun, the woman there in the white dress, I just saw her two weeks ago in Indianapolis. She came up to me and goes, remember me from DRC Congo. It was great. But um, (coughs) our work there is pretty new, and as the work there was beginning, Dr. Philly Chamba, who serves with me, had been the regional director. The people in the Congo said, you know, we can't have women preachers. Culturally, that will not work in this country or in our society. He said, well, I'm sorry, but if you do not have women preachers, you will not be a Nazarene church. He said, that's part of who we are. It's part of our DNA, and it has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with political things. It has to do with believing that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the day of Pentecost, and we believe that on the day of Pentecost, when Peter got up to preach, he says, My the Holy Spirit will be poured out. And my sons and my daughters will prophesy. He was repeating the words from Joel. That's what we believe. Don't we? Don't we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? So you may not know this, but part of the church of Nazarene, we had Nazarene women preachers. We've had them for like 120 years. It's nothing new. It's just we believe that God called men and women to link arms and to partner together in the power of the Holy Spirit to do this work. Well, I ordained three women that day in DRC Congo. The next picture you'll see is me with the leadership from the Congo. We had a great gathering there together. I will tell you this, the lady on the far end is the district superintendent's wife, and her job, they assigned her, was to teach me how to dance. (laughs) I do not move very well, and they think it's pretty funny. And uh, over there, when you get up to worship on Sunday mornings, they'll say, are you ready to dance? And they just sing, and they dance, and they praise Jesus. And, um, and so at the end of this ordination service, everybody's dancing. They put her right in front of me, and she's like, just follow me, just follow me. <laughs> Small moves. I tried. All right. The next slide is from that same city of Goma, where we have a school for children, 700 children attend that school. They'd come out on a Monday morning to greet me. The next picture is a medical center that we have there in Goma, which actually on this property we've just built a new hospital. They need a lot of help and support, but God is helping them in powerful ways. But that morning that I'm in Congo, I get a phone call from South Africa, Carla. We hate to tell you, but Mashangu died. This man who had become my brother over the last few months and had taught me so much, I was just stunned. I got on a plane. I went back to South Africa. The next slide is from his funeral, and I had the privilege of being at his funeral. It was in January, which is the hottest month of the year. So we started at 5.30 in the morning with the viewing at his home, and then we had to rent a large church because over a thousand people came to his funeral. And I will never forget that as the day we got into the heat of noonday and they were trying to get it done, we went out to the cemetery and they had tents out there for us and people hanging out water. It was so hot. But as we're standing out there, they began to sing hymns of praise to the Lord. And then I didn't know that it was their tradition, but in Africa the ministers bury the ministers. And so suddenly there's this line of more than a hundred ministers have lined up, singing hymns, slowly taking steps till they would get to the front of the line where they would take a shovel with dirt and help to bury Mashangu. That day something amazing happened as one of my African brothers came and took me by the hand and said, Carla, you need to be in line with all of us and I joined my African brothers, and I helped to bury my brother, Mishangu. I love what it says about him. A great leader remembered, he used to say, I'm just a Shangan boy saved by grace. You see, we might have political borders that created nations like Mozambique and South Africa and Lesotho and Eswatini, but there are tribes that cover all of those. And he's from the Shangan tribe. So is Dr. Shambo, who grew up in, in uh, Mozambique. They're Shangan. There's something beautiful about the Shangan people, as I've gotten to know them. He also said, if our children and those that come after us can complain about the same things that we did, then we would not have lived. He believed that we all needed to help make this world a better place. He was a force to be reckoned with. He said, a life well-lived is a life lived for others. And boy, did he live it for others. And then he said, be a man of one wife, and they have it written out there in Shangan. And you might say, well, why would he say that? Well, because in his world, polygamy was popular, or serial monogamy, get rid of my wife, marry another one, marry another one, marry another one. We all have our cultures that tell us what is right sexually. In his world, everywhere he went, he preached, men, be a man of one wife. It was a strong message for his world and his culture, and they put it on that statement the day that he died. Well, I had to fly that very night <clears throat> got in late the next mor- night. I got into uh, Mozambique. The next slide is from Mozambique the next morning. And there I'm standing with uh, our field strategy coordinator for the Portuguese-speaking countries, and the lady standing next to me is the mother of Dr. Philemao Chambo. Her name is Bessie Chambo. She's referred to as the Lioness of Africa. <laughs> She's an amazing woman. Her husband was district superintendent, And there was a church that needed somebody to fill in as pastor, and so they said, can your wife pastor? So she pastored. She did a good job, and eventually another church asked her to come and to be their pastor. And so... Lillimao Chombo grew up with a mother who was a pastor. She's retired now. And when I was there, she came to every district assembly I was at. She sat on the front row, and she would just cheer me on. It was awesome. She's an amazing, amazing woman. Well, the next picture you can see, I'm at the Maputo Central Church of the Nazarene. Those were all the people that were going to be ordained elders at that church. But the next slide, I want you to see the inside of Maputo Central. That's our largest Nazarene church in Africa, holds 3,000. Bessie Chombo was the pastor of that church. She grew it to 3,000. She thought that was too many, so she planted 29 more churches. So when Philemon Chombo went to Congo and they said, we can't have women preachers in the church of the Nazarene, they did not know that they were speaking to the son of the lioness of Africa. (laughs) And he says, what do you mean? He said, I've seen what God can do through a powerful woman who loves Jesus. The next picture is from ordination there, an incredible event. Every now and then to be on mission with Jesus, we do get to have fun, and we get a day off very occasionally. (laughs) The next picture is from Kruger, Kruger National Park. So I did take that picture as we were driving through. Nice elephant, got to see all kind of critters that day. The next day I met up with our new regional director, Dr. Gomes, and I just had to take this picture because he has to have a double espresso for breakfast, and they didn't know how to do that, so they just brought him two cups of coffee. (laughs) The next picture, I'm at a district assembly in southern Africa, and let me just say, we we don't just have women leaders, but I kind of tend to take some pictures of these women leaders majority are men, but this lady happens to be district superintendent, and Chuck wasn't with me that day, and I said, I need this picture, because I thought it was lovely the way her husband dressed to match him, and I just thought my husband might need that clue that would just go really well, so. The next picture, woke up in the morning, I had monkeys all over the building, the monkeys were waking us up, so it's just kind of fun. The next slide, though, takes you to West Africa, to Goree Island. And again, to be on mission with Jesus, you're always learning things, and here was something I needed to learn. Goree Island is the island in West Africa where people who had been captured to be sold as slaves were taken. The entire island is a fortress, a prison. To walk through it is really humbling, and this door was called the Door of No Return this is the door where they took people that they sold as slaves and you would go out that door and you could be placed on a boat to go to Europe, to the Middle East, to South America, the Caribbean, North America. They didn't care if they took family members and divided them up. Once you went out that door, you never came home to Africa ever again. You never saw your family ever again. You may not have even survived the journey. And I have to stop and ponder what it is that we as humans sometimes do to one another. Did you know that today we have more people that are being trafficked in human trafficking and in slavery today than there were back in the days of the slave trade? We have our own issues today. And church, what is God going to ask us to do? And how, how do we raise up? And how are we a people who are on mission with Jesus? The next slide is some of our leaders from West Africa. These are gentlemen from Nigeria, and they're so excited about what God is doing in Nigeria. They came to share with me the plan that they hope to have a million members just in Nigeria. Hang on, folks, they're coming over here. They're gonna help us plant churches. (laughs) The next picture, in the middle of this, we took a trip up to Russia, and, um, This picture touches my heart. The young lady next to me, I've known since she was 13, she got saved at teen camp over there. And uh, her husband is from Ukraine. And they passed her in a place that I'm not even supposed to mention now. But our world is getting torn apart. And sometimes to be on mission with Jesus is pretty tough, and I just want to put a face with it. These represent two sides, and they're married. And how do we get through all of this these days? Well, finally, I think my next slide, yep, I'm going to take you to a boat trip in West Africa. We came back down to West Africa. Chuck was with me. We were in the country of Guinea-Bissau, We had incredible missionaries there. And our missionaries in Guinea-Bissau had been working in the capital city, and they'd been leading young people to Jesus Christ, and one of those was a young man who was from an island. He said, would you come out to my island and tell the kids out there about Jesus? So they began traveling out to this island once a month. We ended up starting a kindergarten out on the island, and so the kids are getting education, but they're learning about Jesus. Their lives are improving They said, We want to go out to the island because they want to do a baptism today because God has been at work. So they rented this boat, they put us all in these life jackets, and they took us out on an hour and a half ride across the Atlantic Ocean to find this island. The next picture is when we finally arrived and we're climbing out of the boat. They had a big banner. They're singing praises to Jesus and welcoming us up onto this island. The next picture you can see, we're baptizing 17 young people that day. and every, yeah, praise the Lord. Everyone that was baptized would stand in that water and shout out and proclaim their love for Jesus Christ. It was amazing. When we got finished with the baptism, they said, would you come back to our village? And it was about a 15, 20-minute climb through the jungle, walk through the jungle. We got back to their village. So the next slide is from their village. There we are in the village, and they have on the white T-shirts. And there in the village, they again testified to what Jesus had done in their lives. And the next slide shows you the little kids from the village who are just sitting there. They're part of our kindergarten, and they're just listening What we didn't realize that day was standing in the shadows were the witch doctors who were not very happy with what was happening that day. You see, being on mission with Jesus, I've also learned that there are powers and principalities that are out there. Folks, spiritual warfare is real. There is true evil out there. And that day after we were finished, we got in the boat and we began to head back to shore And as we were heading back to land, it was going smoothly for a while. And then all of a sudden, there was no wind, but suddenly we just had huge waves. And the waves were far larger than our little boat. And our missionaries in the back said, this has never happened to us before. And they said, it almost makes you wonder if the witch doctors were angry. Well, they had to cut the motors because the waves were too big. And uh, our trip slowed down and water was coming over the front of our little boat and my husband was humming the tune to Gilligan's Island and I didn't (laughs) think it was funny. (laughs) I have to say there was a period of time for about 30 minutes where nobody was saying anything. I I guess I didn't have the sense that I was going to die but I really wasn't sure how this was going to end. And eventually it was three hours and we're still out on the ocean. And I began to pray and I said, you know, God, um, could you get us back to shore before sundown? The next slide is when we finally saw land and the sun was just going down. And the next slide is when we got off that boat and we're all dripping wet, but we're giving God praise that we made it back. I don't know how to explain all those things, but I want to say thanks be to God that we made it back safely. There were those who said, we were so glad the general superintendent was in the boat with us. (laughs) I thought, yeah, right. Well, she was worried about things too. Our mission is to make Christ-like disciples in the nations, all of the nations, everywhere in the world. And I'm overwhelmed with the privilege to be able to be on mission with Jesus. Our passage of scripture one more time. Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I don't know. I have to tell you that for me, it's amazing to get to be on mission with Jesus. And I know it's not the same for everybody. And maybe these are kind of wild stories. But when I hear people praising Pastor Vince today, Pastor Vince has been on mission with Jesus. Everywhere he's gone, every life that he's touched... And I just think the challenge for all of us today is are we willing to be on mission with Jesus? Are we willing to say, yes, I'll be obedient to whatever that might look like? That's what God's calling us to do. Your pastor's going to come up, he's going to help close the service. But I just encourage us all let's be on mission with Jesus.
5: Carla. Carla, thank you so much for being here and just opening up God's Word and giving us a glimpse of what God is doing around the world. Would you just extend your hand to uh, Dr. Sundberg, and we're going to pray for her right now. Gracious Heavenly Father, we lift up Carla, we lift up Chuck. We thank you, God. They got in their leadership role in the church. They're, they have hearts of a servant, hearts to go where you send them, hearts of obedience, God, a desire to proclaim your good news wherever their feet may take them. So God, I pray not for protection, although at some level we pray for protection, but we just pray for faithfulness. We pray for obedience. We pray for strength. We pray for good nights of rest. I mean, the the amount of travel that they have and the different places that they have to go. We pray, God, that wherever they are, that your Holy Spirit would fill them afresh and anew. We pray, God, that they are that your words would be placed in their mouths, that your thoughts would be placed in their minds, that, God, they would be strengthened to proclaim the good news of the gospel, and that people would come to know you because of their faithful service. When we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you stand with me this morning? As you leave this morning on your um, right-hand side, um, there's a, a great display for you to write a card of encouragement to Pastor Vince and Mary, and just a great way to stop by and greet them and see them for a couple of, of moments. There's also some uh, uh, more refreshments than normal out on the patio. And then this evening, I want to invite you back. Um, we'd love for this to be um, standing room only here this evening for our ordination service. We have five different people getting ordained, three of them from new life. Uh, Pastor Gina, Pastor Dan, and Pastor Nick are all being ordained this evening, and we just want to celebrate. Yeah, we can celebrate that. That's all right. But ordination is so beautiful because it's not only the calling that the Holy Spirit has placed on the individual, but it's the affirmation of the church, and you are their church. So we just ask that you come back and be a part of that affirmation of the calling that God has placed on their life. As you go today, receive this Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that Jesus has taught us. And know this, he will be with you. You are not alone in this mission. He will be with you to the very end of the age. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Grace and peace to you. We'll see you next week.